Good afternoon. God is good. See, I, I don't think you folks understand what I'm saying to you. This is not, when I say God is good, this is not some Nike television commercial about just do it. You see, when I say God is good, I need you to understand a couple of things. I need you to understand the love, the love that hit me the moment I arrived here at this church. See, see, I, I don't think you understand what I'm saying to you. The sister that just did that song, her testimony. And who is this brother, brother Julio, that I've heard so much about? I got to tell you, man, I'm going to focus on pastor in a minute. The moment, you know, sometimes you wonder what prominent leaders talk about when they're behind closed doors. So I'm sitting there talking to pastor, brother Julio. What I need you to understand before he said a word about himself, he talked about you for a good three to four minutes. I need you to understand, and I understand those are tears of joy, but I need you to understand that I thought Pastor was about to cry praising you before he said a word about anything else. And do you know the one thing he said to me? He said to me that I missed it. Am I lying, Pastor? He said, I missed it not being here. He said, you personally touched him this morning. So that's a testament to you, brother. God bless you. When I say God is good, and we take so many things for granted every day. You often hear accompanied by that, well, you arrived here safely. That's true. But I want you to really think about this. Not only did you arrive here for this tremendous service, but you arrived here with your mental faculties. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about the fact that you'll hear in a few minutes, that's something that I don't take from granted, for granted because my mother, in this same borough, suffered from severe mental illness and was not in control of her own mind for many parts of her life. I'm going to try not to get emotional today. I'm going to try. But it's tough. This is my home, the Bronx. It has been such a long, long road with the life that I have lived. Don't let a suit and tie fool you. With the life that I have lived, I never thought that I would live to see 40 years of age. But because of God, in under a month, on June 18th, I will turn 53 years old. 
and I will be a grandfather. I am a grandfather. And so, God, as you already know, makes a way out of no way. I'm not standing here talking today. I'm going to prove it to you with my own life. I have had the opportunity to moderate debates with Hillary Clinton, billionaire mayor Michael Bloomberg. I'm not impressed by people like that. You know who I'm impressed by? I am impressed by the pastor of your church, Pastor Victor Nazario. That's who I'm impressed by. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. When you have been covering politics as long as I have on television, uh, some of you may have recognized my work from New York One. I've worked at many different places. This pastor is the real deal. He is not a phony. He is not a phony. Something that I said earlier that I don't want you to take for granted. I want you to think about this. You own this. This building. I want you to think about that. You own this. That takes vision. That takes somebody that's a visionary. Right there. That takes somebody that has enough vision to keep growing. As he said at the beginning of the service... He plans on buying for the church the next building. This is not for him. This is for the congregation. The love. I will never forget you folks. Next week I'm in Pennsylvania. The week after in Michigan. I will never forget being here today. Because of the love. Because of the love that's in this room. And when you acknowledge the pastor, who else do you have to acknowledge? Who's very close to the pastor? Who else? What was that? The pastor. And then you have to acknowledge the person that makes it all possible for him. I'm not talking about God right now. I'm talking about the pastor, also the pastor and first lady of this church. Where is she? Where is she? Where's the first lady? Where, I don't see her, Pastor Gwen. Where is she? She's over there. Pa- can we ask Pastor Gwen to please come over? Pastor, can I please ask you to come up here, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Ask you to come up, Pastor. Thank you. They went together. Oh, 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 and that's right. Your grandchild, who's five years old, is here today. Can we ask your grandchild to come up as well? Okay. Okay. Get your grandchild. Let's, let's get your family, and let's see here. Let's see here. Is she coming yet? Okay. Right here. Hello. God bless you. And who's this big guy right here? Hi. Can I get a high five? Bang. (laughs) The real deal. The real deal. The real deal. I've covered every mayor in this city for the last 30 years. 
this man stands head above shoulders above 98% of them. The real deal. The real deal. So, First Lady, First Lady, this bag is for you. Okay? And so, so now, I got you guys matching items. Now. 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 Okay, so, we have the Jets as a football team. We also have the Giants. Who was the best giant ever, wait, that redefined the game when every time he scored a touchdown, he'd do a salsa thing? Victor Cruz. So, there we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. So, Pastor, I know you're cool with the kids, and I want you to fit in with the kids. Because cause, cause you're the man, Pastor. So the First Lady has one as well. It's in your bag. So we have, we have for you a Victor Cruz uh, shirt. See on the back? Cruz there. So now, so Pastor. Pastor, one more time. How was that? Let me see one more time. Now, we, we are in the Bronx, and if you're from the Bronx, you know there's only one baseball team. <laughs> and it's not the Mets. If, if you're from the Bronx, if you're from the Bronx, you know there's, well, there used to be, Derek Jeter. If you're from the Bronx, you know there's A-Rod. If you're from the Bronx, you know it's the New York Yankees. And so, Pastor, you have the same identical thing, First Lady. We have a Yankees top for you, Pastor. So, so when you don't salsa, you can put on your Yankees jersey. So that's for you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Wow. And, and, are you a good boy? You listen to Grandpa? Papa. You listen to Papa? You listen to, what does he call you? Uh, Nana. You listen to Nana? You sure? You like football? You sure? Bang. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, the love I was talking about, and I'm going to get to my testimony in a second. But I want to say this to you. I compete against journalists that have received the best education that money can buy. a year from kindergarten. And here I come with my public school education, growing up on welfare, food stamps, the whole routine. And yet, they had everything that money can buy. And here I come, and but yet I'm called the best. It took me many years, friends, to understand this. 
And do you know what that is? They had every advantage in life that one can have. I had absolutely nothing. The bottom line is this. They had everything. I had nothing. I'm called the best. When God is on your side, who can be against you? That is the bottom line. I'm not a phony. So my faith wasn't always strong in this borough. But I'm going to come back to that in one second. We have so many of our beautiful children here today. Um, I met a young lady on my way in. She caught me a half a block up. Where is she? A little girl. She was about six or seven years old. All the, all the kids are next door? Can, I just, can we just have them come over for one second? Is it possible? Just for a second? Can we have the kids come over just for a second? Just for one second. Thank you. Just for one second. Just for one second. There's a young lady right there. So while we're waiting, yes. How are you? Turn around. I want you, who are you here with? My Nana. Okay. So, wait, here's, here's the first rule. In public speaking, as Pastor will tell you, if you don't have the mic up, then nobody can hear you. So, you're here with Nana? Mm -hmm. She's your grandmother or mother? Grandmother. Grandmother. Well, guess what? You and I have something in common. You know what we have in common? <clears throat> I was raised in this same borough, this same exact borough, by my grandmother. So the same exact thing. So here's what I want to know from you, young lady. Tell us your name. My name is Amaya. And who was the, where's the young lady I was talking to earlier? <laughs> Come right here. Oh, there you go. There you go. So um, here's the big question. What are those grades like in school? Hmm? Third. Third. What are your grades like? Are they good? Yes. Real good? Mm-hmm. Do you listen to Nana? Yes. You're a good girl? Yes. Give her a round of applause. <laughs> you guys stay right there for one second. So, you and I met a few minutes ago, right? Yes. Okay. Speak into the microphone. Tell everybody your name. My name is Janice. How old are you? I'm eight and a half. Eight and a half. <laughs> eight and a half. And what are your grades like in school? They're really good. I have E's, A's. Speak into the mic. I have E's, A's, and um, I'm doing really good. I'm paying attention in class and. I'm usually getting called on, and I'm, and I'm participating really good. Yeah. 
Okay, you can stand back there. So now for our other children, um, were there any boys or they were going to boys? Okay. And for you boys. Now guess what we got for you? Are your grades good? Yeah, they're good? Very good? Where's, where's, uh, who are you here with today? Who are you here with today? With mom? Yeah? Do you listen to mom all the time? Are you going to make mom proud? You sure? Catch. <laughs> Give the kids a round of applause, please. That's what it's about. What it's about is each one teach one. And I know that's pastor's message. And so, see, I want you to understand the seeds that he's planting. Because he knows that he's going to get older, I'm going to get older. He's planning for our tomorrow with our kids. Do we have any teenagers here with us right now? They're in the back? Plenty? No, no. I just need one male, one female. One male, one female. And then I, please have the rest of them stand in the back of the room for a second. One male and one female. I've come here today with a serious message. And... As we, do we have our young people? I need, one, I need one male and one female. That's perfect right there. Hello? Hi. So how long have you been a member of this church? How long have you been coming to this church? Yeah, I was like born in the church. You were born in this church. Not in the church, like, well, up here. <laughs> okay, here, I want you each to take the mic. I want to know your names. I want to know what schools you go to. Hold it, to, hold it close. And I want you to tell me, tell me something, if you can, about pastor and about this church. <laughs> I'm Genesis Raynor. I'm 14 years old. 
Um, I go to Manhattan Christian Academy. What else? Um, something about the church. What do you want into life? A's and B, sometimes D's, maybe C's. What, what do you want to do with your life? Do you know yet? I'm going to go to college and I do study cosmetology. Do you know what college you want to go to? No. Okay. Tell me something about pastor or about the church. Um, the church is like a, like a big building that like has other people come in and like we greet them and then more people get involved and it's starting to grow. We're starting to grow as a family in the church. Um. <laughs> okay. My name is Elijah. I'm 14, I go to Success Academy, and I would just say the church is very welcoming. What do you want to do with your life? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know yet. You don't know yet? Yeah. Do you have a strong faith in God? Yes. Are you going to always stay out of trouble? I'll try. <laughs> You see, friends, I never thought in a million years, I didn't have people like Pastor Nazario in my life, and I never thought in a million years growing up in this borough, this borough, I never thought that my life, that I would receive a phone call from Oprah Winfrey's team, and that they would say they want to profile my life. I never thought in a million years. This is the actual story. Me and my wife, those are pictures of me as a young man in this borough attending PS70 right off the Cross Bronx Expressway. This same borough. Never thought in a million years that I would get a phone call from this man here. And this is the current occupant of the White House. Now, he's a personal friend. I don't approve of many of the things that he's doing as president. But politics are politics and personal relationships are personal. Do you think in a million years I ever thought that Donald Trump would call me up personally? You think I ever thought that in a million years? But this is what's all possible with God. He called me up one day and he said, and he's crazy as a fox. And he said, he says, Dominic, I want to send you a copy of my book. That's what he said, Pastor. I wasn't having a great day. Um, I don't have the actual hardcover book in front of me, but I do have copies of it. And he, so he said, I want to send you my book. And I'm like, eh. I don't really want to, you know, be bothered. So he sent, it's Donald Trump, so you got to take the phone call. You got to let him send you the book. Something told me, Pastor, to look at the book. 
He signed it to me. A lot of authors sign them to journalists. But I was almost hit in my chest, taken aback. I looked at the book, and the first paragraph of the book was all about me. A kid that grew up in the projects, in the Bronx, with no daddy, and a mentally ill mother. And he was saying how proud he was of me, and the book is called Think Like a Champion. What is possible in life? What is possible in life? What you can do? I've traveled all over the world, Africa, Israel, Somalia, the Persian Gulf, Japan. It started for me in the housing projects in the Bronx. The Patterson Housing Projects, 271 East 143rd Street, the Throgs Neck Houses, 2805 Dewey Avenue. It does not matter in life where we start out at. What matters in life is where you're going. That's what's important. I know what it's like to be hungry. I'm looking at all you beautiful women here today. You're beautiful on the outside, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what's in your heart. Because I see it. The moment I arrived. The moment I arrived. The folks pastor that greeted me. I see it. I know what it's like to be forced to eat bologna sandwiches for dinner, lunch, and breakfast, mayonnaise sandwiches, chicken backs. You guys know about chicken backs? Y'all don't know about no chicken backs. Y'all know about chicken backs? You see, for me, for me, right off of Webster Avenue and 184th Street, my grandmother, and I can't talk about her long because I really get emotional, her SSI check would run out by about the 15th of the month. And many women that look just like you, black women, Latino women, it does take a village to raise a child. Because they would say to her, Anna Pearl, don't worry about it, here's a couple of dollars, get something to eat for you and that boy. They didn't know that I was going to grow up to be a television newscaster and be a voice for the voiceless. And so she would send me to the AMP. And back then, do they still have the AMP? Okay. So back then, you could buy two or three packs with chicken backs with just $2. But if you want me to stop talking right now because it's one of the scars from my childhood, it symbolizes all the bad things that happened, walk through that door right now with a chicken back or a bologna sandwich, and I'm gone the other way. But the point I'm trying to make is, despite my upbringing, no excuses in life. No excuses, no excuses, no excuses. No excuses, no excuses, no excuses. There are no shortcuts to having a strong relationship with God and no shortcuts to success. And certainly, no shortcuts to education. Anything that's worthwhile in life 
you are going to have to work hard for. I put in my book for our kids, and you have to understand, I'm from this borough, but all over Canada, all over the country, they're talking to me, or I'm talking to them at events, about my experiences in the Bronx. I put in my book my birth certificate. Do you know why my birth certificate is in the book? Father's Day is almost upon us. Be thankful for what you have in life. Because Father's Day has never meant anything to me. Ever. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. I don't have a father. I don't have a father. My father is what I call, ooh, baby, baby. I think you ladies know what I'm talking about. Smooth brother from Jamaica. And he had the gift of gab. Oh, baby. Girl, you so fine. Can I, just, can I just spend five minutes with you? Oh, baby, baby, baby. My birth certificate. We can joke about it. My birth certificate. Name in the father section. Name, blank. Address, blank. Occupation, blank. And that's what he was in my life until the day he died. One big blank. Don't have a father. The only paternal figure, male figure I had in my life was my grandfather. My grandfather was a heroin junkie. And he was a heroin junkie that did the things that heroin junkies do to their families. And you know what I'm talking about. Stealing. But I'm proud of my grandfather. And I'm proud of my grandfather because if you know anything about addiction, you know that heroin and the current addictions that are out there, some of the toughest things to overcome in life. And when my father died, he left this earth, my grandfather, he left this earth clean. You see, winning in life, winning in life, is not only defined, it's important that you hear me, winning in life is not only defined by how much money you have or how many bank accounts you have or how many homes you have. Winning in life is also determined by when the winds of fate knock you down, do you get back up? And the reason why I told you I can't talk about my grandmother long is because she struggled so long all her life. And before I had the opportunity to be put on the cover of magazines, it's amazing, folks. When you're high profile as I am, I have a million friends. But I wonder where were those friends when I was growing up on welfare in this borough? And so, Pastor, my, my grandmother, she would say, I'll never forget, she showed up, I was on a, in a parade on the Grand Concourse. And she showed up, and she was having heart troubles at the time. And I glanced, and she was in the crowd, and she cried like a baby. And the reason why I can't talk about her long is because 
Sometimes life can be unfair, but we have to keep going because she died my first semester going to college. And my grandmother, she didn't have much of a formal education, completed, what, the eighth grade in Augusta, Georgia, but she had a Ph.D. in terms of loving me. And she, what breaks my heart is that she dealt with a husband that was stealing from her and stealing from the family. She had to step in for her daughter who suffered from mental illness. And in the twilight of her life, that's why I have so much respect for you, ma'am, that I just, Nana is what she called you. Because in the twilight of her life, she had to step in again and raise another child, which happened to be me. And before I made it to television, she didn't get a chance to see all of that. She knew one of us made it to college, Pastor Victor, but she didn't know, you know, of the great things that were yet to come. And I am telling you, folks, if my grandmother was alive, there is nothing that I wouldn't do for her. And so, the power of forgiveness. This is very, very important. This is very important. I'm able to stand up here and talk about it now. But I hated my mother. Hated. I wanted my mother dead. I wanted her gone. And then when she died, I almost had a complete nervous breakdown. Be careful what you wish for. I was angry at her. Life had been so unfair to me. I'm on the news now, but I went to five different high schools. Five different high schools. Dewood Clinton here in the Bronx and Theodore Roosevelt. They didn't know that I was also a victim of childhood sexual abuse. Same guy on the news, and I've been through a lot. And these were secrets that I thought I would take to my grave. But here's what I want you to understand about forgiveness. And if you don't hear anything else I have to say, this is the most important part. Don't make the mistakes that I made in life. When you forgive someone, it's not for them it's for you. So, one of the roughest days of my life revolved around Lincoln Hospital down on 149th. And it was Super Bowl Sunday, Pastor. And all I like to do is watch the Super Bowl in peace by myself. And the phone call came in, just like on television. Mr. Carter, you need to get down here immediately. We don't think your mother's going to make it through the night. So I get down to Lincoln Hospital. Literally, as I'm walking in, people were asking me for autographs. Because they didn't know what was going on. And so it took every ounce of strength for me to get through that lobby and get up there and find out that my mother had passed. So, 
I hated my mother because she was, a, a, she was as much a victim as I was. She was a chronic paranoid schizophrenic. Chronic, which means that you hear voices. And she heard voices that told her to do horrible, horrible things to me. And some, some of these young ladies, this year alone, have actually done some of the things that my mother heard voices telling her to do. I was two years old. These are not my words. These are the words of a psychiatrist. I didn't even know she was the she, my mother, and I'm the he. On, I'm quoting the psychiatrist here. On June 20th, she beat him so hard she raised wefts on him. However, she wants to be a good mother and is quite alarmed by her recent angry outbursts and thoughts of strangling her son. On one occasion, while feeling strange and dead, she put her hands around his throat before he awakened, and she was frightened by his crying. She has more recently reported that while in a state of depersonalization, she has had frightening thoughts of pushing her son out the window and has heard a voice tell her to do it. So in 2017, I report on ACS cases. I've actually addressed graduations of social workers, and in 1964, I could have been thrown out of a window. When I say being a, joy, a voice for the voiceless, I couldn't even defend myself at age two. And so I carried all of that throughout the years. But what I want you to understand, when I finally forgave my mother, it felt like 800 pounds had been lifted off my chest. See, what I want you to hear also is that no weapon, I'm, I'm forgetting the term now, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper unless you let it. Unless you let it. Unless you let it. I almost let the devil win. I almost let the devil win. That close. That close. I don't want you to make the mistakes that I made. I want you to remember in conclusion, weeping may endure for a night, but joy does come in the morning. There's no other way to say this. I also want you to understand that everybody that looks like you is not necessarily going to like you. I went to the guidance counselor at Theodore Roosevelt High School Pastor Nazario, and he happened to be a black man that looked just like me. Sir, can you please help me? Um, I, I don't know anything about college. I live in the projects. I want to I do something good with my life. He looked up. He said, don't waste your time applying to college. You will be dead or in jail. That is the fire that when I have to catch a plane at 3 o'clock in the morning and then be on the air, whenever, that has been the fire that has kept me going for 30 years. That has been the fire. How long does it take to graduate from college? Four years. I thought I was the dumbest kid ever coming out of the public school system. Pastor, that day when that guidance counselor told me 
that I would never amount to anything. That was the day right over here at Fordham Road that mentally I graduated from college. Because that day, that day, that day, I went from feeling that I was the dumbest kid ever, that I was determined if I did nothing else in life, I was going to graduate from college. So it takes, it takes four years to graduate from college. I said I thought I was the dumbest kid ever. Well, simply because he told me that I would never amount to anything, I did it in three. These are the lessons we must teach our kids. And us men, I'm wrapping up here. All the men, I know I'm preaching to the choir. Brothers, we got to get our acts together. Because you sisters, y'all go to work, take care of the family, take care of the kids, take care of him. <laughs> pastor, pastor, all I heard, all I heard was uh-huh. And, and then it kept it kept getting louder and louder and louder. <laughs> so I've made the mistakes. I'm not gonna stand here and be a phony. Be careful with success and arrogance. Because I don't care what he tells you. Ain't no overtime or that much overtime at 3 o'clock in the morning. I've made those mistakes. Arrogance. If you're not careful, the devil is constantly working. So they said, just one minute here, they said, that I would never amount to anything. You're from the Bronx, New York. You, I was even told, you don't even talk like a white boy. How could you be a newscaster? This is what I was told in journalism school. In journalism school. So I was told, you ain't nothing. You ain't got no daddy. You barely know your daddy. You grew up on welfare. Your mama's crazy. You from the Bronx. This is an impossible task. You can't do it. You can't do it. So I guess that's not me with Clinton at the White House. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. What's another term for naysayer? Oh. 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 The haters. The haters. Two girlfriends. Two girlfriends. One is in a great relationship. And she's in love with her boyfriend. And they're talking about getting married. And oh, the hater. Oh, the hater. Here she comes. 
stirring that haterade, stirring it, stirring it, stirring it. Whatever you do, never listen to the haters. Never. They said, Dominic, you can't do it. Go back to the projects. You ain't never going to be nothing like the rest of your friends. Go to Attica and do 15, 20 years. When this man came to town, 15,000 journalists wanted the interview. I should have never been in the contention for it. This man went with the kid that grew up in the projects without the father, on welfare, beat out 15,000 other journalists when he came to New York during his historic visit. And when they say you can't, you say you can. Because I'm referring to, when this man came to town, Mr. Nelson Mandela. And I got the interview. Believing in yourself. I've gone way over my time, so I'm going to wrap this up. Well, I, I do, I do, I, I do, I do want to make this observation. I, I do, I, I do, the owners. <laughs> that, that is a good point. As an owner, nobody tells you when to wrap up your service. I do want to just say this. Um, I thought that God, as a kid, sexual abuse, physical abuse, no Mother's Day, I'm just being honest, it has never meant anything to me. It's a very sad day for me. And I thought that God had just passed me by. And then I realized that God has always been there protecting me. Because I'm still standing. And let me tell you something. Sometimes when I'm in other states... Things will come out of my mouth. I have no idea where it came from. And I wonder what that is. I have had the ability to connect with foster children all over the country. Each one teach one. God has always been there. We arrived at college, and that's a little bit of a funny story, but it's true. They told us, I literally, Pastor, took the bus from the projects. My aunt that was raising me at the time, I went to college with $15 in my pocket. They were feeding us a meal plan. And we arrived, and they said, look to your left, look to your right. Two of you won't be here in September. And I looked to my left. And I looked to my right, and I really felt bad for them. (laughs) 
No, I no, no, I really did. I really did. Because they weren't talking about me. And so see what I'm trying to say to you, where did I I went from being the dumbest to weeks later feeling that there was nothing that was gonna stop me. Where did that come from? That was God protecting me. I had just lost my grandmother. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought about dropping out of school and selling drugs like most of my friends. And something did not permit me to do that. Something had me hang in there. So I do want to say this in closing. Be thankful. Be thankful. Just last week, I went to Sing Sing Prison. It's not right what we do to prison inmates. Now, if you commit a crime, you gotta, you got to do the time. But we dehumanize them at a level where we don't even look at them as animals. And it's not right. And I was guilty of that. I went to Sing Sing Prison and did a story. And the story was the children of prison inmates. And when I got there, Pastor Victor, I was confused. Because I'm used to, when I go to Sing Sing, brothers that are doing 20 and 25 for murder. And I watched as these men with their green pants on, regular top, as they were holding infant babies like any other father. And that's when it hit me, they too want the best for their kids. And so... Always remember that all of us are children of God. All of us. Many of us are often one decision away from the same type of situation. And so, brother, I come back to you. I started with you. I closed with you. We're happy that you're doing better. I've never met you a day in my life, but we're happy you're doing better. Because I don't know if you folks are familiar. There's a restaurant, or it used to be a restaurant in Harlem, called Amy Ruth's. The guy that started Amy Ruth went to high school with me right here in the Bronx. His name is Carl Redding. I just learned that Carl fell upon bad times. Now, he had a million-dollar restaurant. He's diabetic, so am I. He just lost part of his leg, and he's in the hospital, and they just had to do a GoFundMe page to try and raise $50,000. Now, this is a man that gave so much to his community. So be thankful. Be thankful. We all have challenges in life. Sometimes we feel that we don't see a way out. But take it from me as a journalist. There's always someone that's struggling with four or five times more severe issues than what you are. Always have a strong relationship with God. Please, when you can, Help Pastor out. See, he's not going to tell you this, but he can't do this by himself. If, if tides, it's not all about giving money, but if tides are off, okay, you talked about ownership, how's he going to keep the lights on in this place? You, you think Con Ed going to let him say amen and let the bill go? No, it don't work like that. It don't work like that. 
And so one thing that I don't understand in particular about blacks and Latinos, we have the greatest things in the world to say about you once you're dead. I've never understood that. Say things to people while they're here with us. So you have, you have greatness. You have greatness in terms of your leader. You have an independent journalist telling you, I don't have to say this. I can say what I want to say. I'm telling you, the man is the real deal. So don't, don't praise him when he's gone. Praise him while he's here trying to help you. So you folks have been fantastic. I'm going to be in that side room uh, signing copies of the book for anybody that's interested. Just always remember, God loves you. I know I never met you before, a day before today. I love you. I wish the best for you. I love the Bronx. This has been tremendous love for me, tremendous healing for me being here. God bless you all. Thank you very much. Thank you.